Welcome to Hope for the Heart. Thank you for joining us today as we continue our verse-by-verse study of this exciting book called the Book of Revelation. I found myself uh, reading this uh, so many times this week, this section, and it is quite troubling, as you will see in just a few minutes. So for the point of context, I want to uh, let you know where we are this particular message. We're in Revelation chapter 9. And I'm going to read verses 3 and uh, probably through verse 6. I would like to go all the way through verse 11, but I just don't know that time is going to permit. And uh, I I tend to go slower once I start than my anticipation of where I'm going to go. So I want to read for the context, uh, Revelation chapter 9, beginning in verse 3. And if you want to follow along, I encourage that, or at least have a Bible close so you can kind of glance over at it or read it later. Revelation chapter 9, beginning in verse 3, the word of God reads, And out of the smoke came forth locusts upon the earth, and power was given them as the scorpions of the earth have power. And they were told that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree, but only the men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment for five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. And in those days men will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die and death flees from them. Now my anticipation today is to at least get through that verse. There are some kind of a, a little bit of a hope that I could go further than that. But I'm going to try to do what I can do. Again, my purpose is not to just cover material but to teach from the Word of God, and uh, sometimes you just can't rush through a chapter. But this is a very important section. I've often read, uh, I've done, I I did so much, I did my master thesis in seminary on the book of Revelation, and I've done so many writings and things on the book of Revelations and teachings, and I find myself just over and over amazed at chapter 9. Chapter 9 is, to me, a very frightening chapter, because I think about what the people on earth are going to be faced with. And you'll see what I mean as I read this. And as I mean as I go through this. So I want to uh, talk about this for just a minute. We, go, we have gone through this period known as the tribulation period. We're in that period now. When we get to chapter 9, we're probably about midway through tribulation. Maybe even a little bit <clears throat> past that. Uh, when we hit the sixth seal back in chapter 6, uh, we entered into the day of the Lord. Uh, The seventh seal begins in chapter 8, and it is the seven trumpets and the final trumpet. And in the final trumpet, the seven bowls of wrath. Last time we looked at the four trumpets uh, before a couple of weeks ago, and then in chapter 8, 6 through 13, we covered the first four judgments of that trumpet. And then this time, we're we're looking at verses 3 and and following, but uh, obviously we looked at verses 1 and 2 last week. And looking at 1 and 2 is a very disturbing uh, passage in itself. In fact, we entitled last week's message, uh, A Judgment from Hell. And you'll see why as we get into this once again, those of you who have not been with us. But this is a a frightening thing. But this section answers really chapter uh, 8 of Revelation, verse 13. And that verse says, And I looked and I, I heard an angel flying in mid heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth, or as we have said, that word is earth dwellers, because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. And so we, we know that there are three more judgments coming. Uh, 
that are going to have an awful impact upon the earth. Uh, these would be, uh, woe is just another word for judgment or sentencing or execution or curse. Uh, it's one of those kind of words, but it obviously means there's three more coming, earth. You earth dwellers, look out. These are bad. Uh, remember, the first the first few were dealt with uh, uh, the atmosphere. Uh, you can only imagine what these people living in that time are going to have to endure and see it's going to be terrifying in itself to have to go through this. But uh, those judgments uh, deal with uh, things, that, and you can look at them, chapter 8, verses 1 through uh, 12. They deal with the sun, the moon, the stars, uh, earthquakes, fire from heaven, uh, meteor that is coming. And, and then we got to chapter 9, and, and this is the first woe. And let, let me tell you something. If you're not familiar with this chapter, this, this could be very shocking to you. If you are familiar with it, it's shocking. But if you're not familiar with it and you begin to see what's happening here, it is very shocking to say the least. So as we get into this, I want to just remind you, last week we had uh, just a, a very simple outline. And the first thing I wanted you to notice in last week was verse 1. Uh, there's a person that is described here. This person is actually called a star fallen from heaven. Look at how it says it. <clears throat> in chapter 9, verse 1, I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth. And we identified this as a person. And this person is, is given uh, an identification, and we, we, it becomes obvious this actually is a person. Uh, and how do we know that? Well, we look at the very last word in verse 9. It attributes to that star the pronoun him. And then in chapter 9, verse 2, and he opened, referring to the same person. And so this we identified this, number one, as a person. And that person, we took you to Isaiah, uh, actually chapter 14, and uh, we described for you, I believe it is the fall of Satan or the fall of Lucifer in chapter 14. Uh, and, and we read that to you. And then in Luke chapter 10, verse 18, uh, another tremendous passage where Jesus is quoted as saying, I was watching watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So here is Satan, the fallen one, identified. And so this person that we see in chapter 9, verse 1, look at it, filling it in as a person. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw Satan who had fallen from heaven to the earth, and a key to the bottomless pit was given to him. Now, he doesn't possess that key, and this is pro obviously probably not a real key. And we said that the, uh, the key is a symbol of or picture of authority. He has the authority to do something in relation to what is the, the worth is going through right through this time, which is judgment. And that judgment is including Satan. Now, I know that is a difficult thing to grasp. But remember now, this is a scroll that is being opened up in heaven. John is witnessing this, and it is sealed with seven seals. So with each of these seals being peeled back, the seventh seal has already been broken, and that is chapter 8, verse 1. And so they are the full scroll or a little book is opened up, and people can, uh, all of heaven can see what is there. And we're going to get into that just a little bit more as we hit chapter 11. But for time's sake, I'm not going to go back into that, but to say this. In chapter 9, verse 1, this star fallen is a person, and the fallen star is actually 
Satan himself. Now, it may not actually be Satan who's here, but it could be one of his chief angels, uh, demons as we call them. But when you look at Isaiah 14 or Luke chapter 10, verse 18, and even read Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 and following, it really appears to be the devil himself or Satan who was known as Lucifer. And so this uh, person is identified here, and it tells us that uh, he was thrown down and his tail swept away a third of the stars, meaning one-third of all angels fell with Lucifer or Satan. And so that would be a lot of demons. And that's important to understand that because I'm going to be trying to build this case as to... uh, what is actually happening here in this uh, this judgment? Remember, it's a judgment in which uh, uh, Jesus Himself is is uh, is opening these seals, and judgment is going out from the throne of God in heaven to the earth. That becomes very important for us to see that, so we can understand that God is totally sovereign and in complete control of the earth and these judgments. And he is using Satan and his host of demons in this particular judgment against the unbelievers on the earth. And that is an amazing thing to hear. And we we looked at some of this last week of the demons, and and the reason we look at it is because number two in the outline is the word pit. And we see that from chapter 9, verse 1. It says, A star from heaven which had fallen to the earth, and the key to the bottomless pit was given to him. So wherever this pit is, he has the authority to open that pit. And we see that that pit is none other than a storage. It is a storage, and it becomes very important to understand what's in that pit, or what's locked up, or why is there a key that locks this pit or seals up this pit in such a way as to whatever's in the pit can't come out. And so we're not told that in this one section. We're told it's just a key to the bottomless pit was given to him. But it's important to understand what's in the pit. And this pit uh, literally is the pit of the abyss. It translates, it's, it's the shaft of the abyss. If there, uh, if there is some kind of a shaft that runs down to a fiery pit in the belly of the earth, then why would it be there? Because down in the pit, there are demons. Now, that is a, a crazy thing to think. I know. It almost sounds fictitious. But there are demons, more of them, that are down there. And this word that is used is used seven times in Revelation, and it always refers to the abode of fallen spirits, the abode of demons, the prison where demons are kept. So you could say this, that in nine chapter, chapter 9, verse 1 of Revelation, and a fifth angel sounded, and a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth, and the key to this pit was given to him, And he opened the pit to let out everything that was in prison. Remember, it's a prison where demons are kept incarcerated. And I know that this, this again, is a very difficult thing because some people have never really studied that. I know when I taught on this at the church in Florida, it was just a fascinating, fascinating study. And I did it on a Thursday night, and Thursday night was always used and it was, we had a big room in a restaurant, and it was uh, it was always a conversational style teaching. So I allowed many people to ask questions. But these in this section 
are demons that are kept incarcerated. It doesn't really say that here, but it says it in the rest of Scripture. In other words, the key to the bottomless pit was given to him, and he opened the pit. So we are told it is a pit. We know what the word pit means according to biblical language in the New Testament and even in the Old Testament, and we know who's down there. Uh, we read in Second Peter chapter 4, God did not spare angels when they sinned. These are fallen angels. But it says, cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness. Well, that's what this pit is. It is one of those pits, or the pit. Some angels uh, move in the heavens in conflict with holy angels. Some demons move in the heavens in conflict, uh, uh, are moving in the, in the earth in, in, in conflict with people. Some demons... Uh, uh, are used in, in, in a lot of different ways, and some demons are incarcerated in pits. They work in heaven, they work on earth, and they work under the earth, <clears throat> in the center of the earth. They're incarcerated in the pit and imprisoned. The word Peter uses is very interesting. He says, and they were cast into hell, and the word there is a, is a, is a word for this word, pits, here. And so it's an interesting thing to look at this because in this pit, which is really nothing more than it means a storage place. It was, it's a word used to storage in which they would store grain in the pits and ground. And they were called pits of blackness because it was dark down there. In fact, it even became known as bottomless pits. There have been fallen angels because of the nature of their iniquity and their wickedness and their sin. The Lord has taken them, plunged them into this pit, locking them up in chains in this pit, down below the lowest of hell, the place of severest torment and isolation. That's who's in this pit, and they're reserved for judgment. Now, their final sentencing will come, and when you read Revelation chapter 10, they're taken out, and you, you can see that if we were to have time to read that. But what kind of demons get thrown into this place? And that would be another whole study in itself, but I just want to mention a few things, like Jude chapter or Jude chapter, Jude verses 6 and 7, angels who did not keep their own domain, they didn't stay in their own realm, but abandoned their proper abode, he has kept an eternal change in darkness for the judgment of the great day. Hmm. Now, <clears throat> we know that some of the beings have been sent down there and, are, and that, that are in chains, and these chains are eternal and unbreakable. But what did they do? Uh, that's always got to be a question of what did they do? And it says they abandoned their proper domain. They stepped out of their proper domain. Uh, verse 6 says, like Sodom and Gomorrah, and we know what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm not going to, I really don't want to have to deal with all of this. I may deal with it some at, a, at another point. But for now, know that these, because of their sin and iniquity and the perversion, uh, these demons who engaged in that, were locked up, and they were put in these pits, this pit, and they're reserved for judgment. And so we know that's who's in there. Luke 8.31 is an interesting passage. When Jesus cast demons, you remember in the maniac in Gadara, all the demons kept saying and saying and saying, and that's the implication in the Greek language, please don't send us to the pit. Even the demons don't want to go there. They, they want to be free to do their wickedness above the pit, out of the pit, and on the, the minds and souls of men. So they must have known that God was in the habit of sending demons down there. That is, 
like those in Genesis chapter 6 and uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and, and those. Uh, and so you, you can see that demons know about that place. The, those that are roaming the earth, here they are begging not to be put down there, which in itself is a very interesting thing. Uh, uh, and then, again, Peter talks about the, 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 those that were disobedient during the days of Noah. And so there are demons locked up in chains, and they're in this pit. And Satan himself, in chapter 9, verse 1, has been given the key to open that pit. That means he's been given the key to let them out. That is why this is so important to understand what's going on here. So number one on the outline, we see the person, which is Satan himself. Number two, we see the pit or the storage or the abyss, which is a place of storage of locked up, incarcerated, evil, wicked demons. And so that brings me to the third point, which is a pollution. A pollution, and look at what it says about the pollution. Verse two, and he opened the pit, this bottomless pit, and smoke went up out of the pit, like the smoke of a great furnace. It's not the smoke of a great furnace, but like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Now, it has. To, we have every reason to believe that this is a very uh, polluted kind of thing that is filling the earth. And the implication here is that it just keeps pouring out. It does the smoke from that pit just keeps pouring out enough to where it's Polluting, remember now, the sun has already been reduced to a third part of it not showing anymore. And so then the moon, the same way. So what's left of it is being covered up by this dark, probably thick, uh, nasty smoke that's filling the earth. Imagine what that's going to do to the environmentalists, and, and they're seeing this. But this key, which is a symbol of authority, is given to Satan, <clears throat> and he opens up this pit, and the smoke comes pouring out. Is it real smoke? Well, to John, he saw smoke. If it's in the center of the earth, in some ways, certainly the center of the earth is would have to be heat, molten lava. We could understand that. I don't know how physical it is or how spiritual it is at this point, but the word says here it is smoke. And so in the pit is the smoke coming out, and that that is the pollution this filthy smoke is important to identify that whatever is in that pit is coming out in that smoke. And that's exactly what the verse says. Look at what it says in verse 3. And out of the smoke came forth locusts upon the earth, and power was given to them, earth, uh, power was given to them who came out of the earth, and that is coming out of the pit. Now, is this, we would have to stop and ask this question, is this locust or is this something that looks like a locust or is it another creature? Well, the reason I spent so much time and emphasis on verse, on the second point of the outline, the pit being what it is and the incarcerated evil demons that God has cast down to lock up is because Satan opens that door and lets them out. So whatever he's letting out is what has been in there. And so that is coming out in the smoke, and they are described here is out of the smoke came forth locusts. Now that's an interesting word, locusts. These are, the actual word actually is locusts. And this locust is part of the pollution. They are filling the air through the smoke, and so 
<clears throat> it is a, a, actually a bad scene and because of what we know later in the verse. But this smoke is a, it's like comes out like a, a, a furnace, a billowing smoke. The furnace of the pit of hell is open in the blackness, and the heat starts billowing out to such a degree that the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke in that pit. And so we know that this is polluting the air. This, uh, uh, we, we can see it. I, I know when, when in the 90s, I remember seeing the oil fields on fire in Kuwait and how much black smoke was in the area. It was terrifying to think all that smoke, where's it going to go? And it's, This is going to be so much worse than that. Uh, the earth crowd is concerned and has been affected. The land has already been affected. They've been already seeing strange signs in the heavens. One-third of the trees and the grass are all destroyed. One-third of the fresh water is destroyed. One-third of the things in the sea have already been destroyed. So in other words, the animals have been affected. The sea has been affected. The sky has been affected. Now the air polluted beyond anybody's wildest imagination and the soot of the deepest part of hell is billowing up. The scene is unbelievable for these people on earth. So, are these locusts or are they something else? Well, I want to present to you that this pollution is coming out of that pit and that is the same demons that have been in chains and have been cast down, reserved for judgment. They're now being let loose. So this is locusts that are not an insect locust. This is different. This is a different kind of locust, and I believe they are demonic. This is demonic beings, beings that have been in chains and empowered uh, over them so that they could not be released are now being let go. So the locusts come upon the earth, and power was given to them, as scorpions. And that brings me to number four. Now, number three and four were kind of intermixed, but I want you to see number four is not only is there a person, number one, not only is there a pit, number two, not only is there pollution from the, from the pit, number three, but there is power here. Power, it says in verse three, was given to them as the scorpions of the earth have power. Now, describing these locusts, they now have power as scorpions. And so you look at this like the plague of locusts in, in Egypt in Exodus chapter 10, only this is far worse. It must be something like the cloud of a worldwide atomic blast. I can only imagine being God's judgment how big and masterful this whole eruption would be coming straight from the pit. Now can you see it? I think the fact that John sees the smoke, they can see it. Can they identify it as locusts? Maybe not at this point, but they will. It is a strange, panic-generating blackness that fills the sky and stifles the world's breathing, and it blots out whatever's left of the sun and the moon and the stars and the sky. And then in the middle of all that smoke is the locust. And the locust, imagine, is so profound... Ordinary locust plagues are unimaginable, and you can read about the plagues of locusts. Now, what is what is the locust? Well, locust is a lot like a grasshopper, but these are not regular locusts, so it would be foolish for me to go into all the differences between grasshoppers and locusts, but these locusts have a sting like a, a, a scorpion, 
And then we're going to get into their description after verse 6, verse 7. But these are demons. What is fascinating about this is that the concept of locusts is, of course, taken from the blackness of the cloud and the devastation. These are demons. God must create for them some source, some form. Demons have to have a form. And since Satan can't create anything, when they're finally released as spirit beings, God must give them some form, and he gives them the form of locusts. Now, why? I don't know. It just says that. And what they do is supernatural, and it's just swarming, comprehensive desolation. These are locusts from hell. They're not insects. They're not insects. These locusts are, are not insects. And, and that is the main thing to identify them. This is a terrifying demonic invasion. That is actually what the name of this passage, name of this message is going to be. A terrifying demonic invasion. Filling the air with thousands and thousands, perhaps millions and millions of demons that are going to be swarming this earth. But I want you to notice what the power is in verse 3. Power is given to them to as scorpions have power, that's given to them. They're commanded now. Now look at what normal locusts would do. Look at verse 4. They were commanded and told that they should not hurt the grass of the earth. Well, remember, a third of the grass has been destroyed, nor any green thing, a third has already been destroyed, nor any tree, but only something not natural for locusts would be to hurt men. Locusts don't hurt men, but scorpions can hurt men. They have the power as scorpions, and only the men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads, which bring me to number five. Number one is the person. Number two is the pit. Number three is the pollution. Number four is the power that's given to them to hurt men, torture men, and certain things they cannot do, but they have the power to sting. In other words, they have the power here of physical, but I believe they also have the power of spiritual. Look at what it says in verse 5. They were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment for five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. How bad is that torment? Well, we're told that the scorpion sting can cause a man to fall to the ground in an overwhelming kind of pain. It's called torment here. Suffering caused by these demons is compared to a scorpion sting. This insect, as one writer puts it, is the most uh, malignant and, and powerful to sting an individual coming from an insect. Its sting is perhaps the most agonizing of any animal that can inflict on the human body. It's tropical. In tropical countries and small children frequently die from the stings of scorpions. Interestingly, uh, physiology reports in response to a scorpion sting is similar to what they have observed, and which has been observed in many cases of scorpions upon men, like the same symptoms of someone who has been possessed by a demon. Now, isn't that interesting to read that? So they say uh, that a scorpion sting is terrible and it is powerful. Now remember, by the time the world is experiencing this, the church has already been raptured. The church is gone. But there are people being saved. We've already seen a mass revival we found in chapter 6. And then in chapter 7, people are added to that crowd. And so now we're going to see what is happening here with this first of the woes that has come. And it is an interesting thing. So I want you to notice the people here. 
verse 5, they were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment for five months. Torment was like the torment of a scorpion. In verse 5, in those days, men will seek death, will not find it. They will long to die, and death will flee from them. So their torment is going to cause people to want to kill themselves. And their torment is going to be so bad, it is going to be so harmful, that it is going to... We'll look at verse 10. And they, they have tails like scorpions and stings. And in their tails is their power, look, here it is, to hurt men for five months. But I believe it's also a, a spiritual thing as well. And they're going to be tormenting men. And, and the reason I say it's going to be spiritual because they're not told, they're told they can't touch yet the 144,000 that have been sealed back in chapter 7. They bear the seal of the living God. Now, question that I have to ask, and I'm only asking this because I'm going to answer it as best I can. Are Christians going to be protected during this time? Are they going to have to go through the torment of the soul and the physical, of of the, the torment coming from these demons? They go after people, it says, and whatever they do to them is horrifying pain. The torment is terrorizing, and it's terrorizing in such a way as that people are going to seek death. Well, this says they can't touch those with the seal of God on their forehead. Uh, It says in in verse 4, but only the men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads, they cannot touch them. So, it's unreasonable it's not unreasonable, excuse me, to believe that those who belong to the Lord will also be included in this group. In other words, I believe it is the 144,000, but I believe it's also God's saints who have been saved and are alive at this time. 2 Timothy 2, I think it's 19, Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. I don't think it's stretching the point to assume that God's not going to allow these demons to terrorize believers. Believers, So I think we would want to uh, extend this beyond this. I, I know John seized 144,000, but I think that they are all mixed in here. The, those 144,000 and all their converts are included here, I believe. I think that uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 12, listen to this. It tells of the overcomer, the true believer, who's going to have the same name of his God written on him. Certainly that seal that indicates he belongs to God. And over in Revelation 22, verse 4, they shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. Now, I believe that even though that's talking about heaven, the Lord already knows who are his his people who are who belong to him and have already come and embraced, and he identifies them. They're marked out, and these demons can't touch them. So God puts very clear limitations on what they're allowed to do and who they are allowed to attack. Now, that's very interesting to look at that. In other words, these demons are released from the pit of hell. They're told they can't eat. Uh, they're, they're given the form of... of, of, of uh, locusts, and they're told they can't eat what locusts eat, which means, do they eat at all? We don't know. It's not, nothing is said about whether, what they can eat, or do they eat, which would probably make it more sense that these really are demons, because there's nothing spelled out for eating. We're only told what they can't touch, and that is men that have the mark of God, and they can't touch green, green grass, trees, nothing. So in other words, they're marked out 
uh, God is judging the unbelievers. Now, I want to take you to Second uh, Thessalonians, and I just want to show you something uh, that is here, and then I'm going to have to stop this message and, and continue next week. <clears throat> it says in Revelation, I mean Revelation, Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse ten, with all the deception of wickedness for those who are perishing, because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. For this reason, God will send upon them a delusion. Influence so that they might believe what is false, in order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure in wickedness. And so you, you have to ask, why would men uh, on this time, why would they not turn to Christ? Why would men do this? Why would they go through all of this? This is going to be five months of tremendous torture and pain and the answer always come back comes back as clearly as it was written originally in the gospel of john it's because men love darkness rather than light for their deeds are evil they love their sin even to the point of death and god mercifully keeps saying to them turn 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 or you will die this is a warning remember now they're being warned of this coming in chapter 8, verse 13. An angel, or with some translations say eagle, is flying in mid-heaven, warning people of this danger that is coming. So, we're going to have to stop right there and, and, and continue this next time. I knew I couldn't get even to verse, well, I got to verse 6, uh, but we couldn't go much further past that. So, for now, this is William Rogers, and you've been listening to Hope for the Heart, Book of Revelation, uh, this title of this passage of this message is Terrifying Demonic Invasion in Revelation chapter 9, verses 3 through 11. And we'll pick it up next week and finish this section, which goes through verse 12. So again, I thank you for joining us uh, with Hope for the Heart and this study of the book of Revelation. I pray that you keep reading it and studying it with me. Thank you for being here.